Good morning. Happy Sabbath. The good God we serve. What do you say? Amen. Amen. What a wonderful God that actually forgives us. He always forgives us. Merciful God. This morning I have a, a handout. Uncle Joel, uh, Philip, Chris, if you can handle the handouts for the sermon presentation this time. Um, the sermon, oh, before I go into that, actually, uh, inside your program, your bulletin, there was a um, handout, a uh, uh, flyer, and it's called, it's a class of a series that I'm presenting, and it's called Understanding the Culture of Hawaii. Understanding the Culture of Hawaii. And we're going to be doing, today's the first class, and we'll be looking at the classes called Basics in Hawaiian Language, and also how the language affects the culture. So we'll be looking at both, the culture and the, the language together. Starting today at 2.15 is our first class. And the other two dates on your flyer, you're going to notice it says November 19 is the second class. And the third class is December 3rd. And the purpose of this class is so that it will help better equip you to reach the people of Hawaii. If you understand the culture, you can better reach the people. Um, not only for people who were not born and raised in Hawaii, but even for people who are born and raised in Hawaii, there are a lot of things that... Um, you know, we mistakes we make or do that contradicts the culture that, you know, that doesn't go against the word of God, but just to know about it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be, after today's class, paralleling the language and the culture, the next two classes, maybe three, we'll be looking at the surfing culture, actually. There's something called the Bill of Rights and Lefts of the Ten Laws of Surfing. And you bring that in, we're going to parallel, and when you understand the surfing culture, you understand the Hawaii culture, and then we're going to blend that in the context of the culture, how to reach the people, and then how to understand, um, reach people, and also relate even in a church um, setting also. So we're going to blend it all together, and I pray that um, we'll be able to reach our family and friends for the glory of God. What do you say, church? Amen? Amen. In a practical way. So when you think of you know, surfing culture, you think of Hawaii culture, you can lose actual visual images of how to reach people. So that's what we'll be doing. So today is the first one, basics in Hawaiian language and how the language of Hawaii affects the culture. And we'll be looking at it also. But also how to pronounce and understand the language. Today's presentation is entitled, Get Out of the Cities. Get Out of the Cities. Please turn with me to Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. We're going to stay in Genesis um, chapter 12, verse 4. We're looking at Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham and Lot. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been watching the news every so often. And I've been watching what's been going on around the world and the cities of the world. Have you not been seeing it also? Turmoil is going on around the world, is it not? People are asking the question, what is going on? We see it in the cities of Spain. You see it also in France. You see all around the world in Egypt what happened earlier, right? We see all these cities and riots going on, marches, protests, a whole new things are going on. And then it came to the United States of America, did it not? Then it came to Occupy Wall Street, right? Before that, you had um, you know, the Tea Party movement, right? Going back to the Boston Tea Party. 
Now you see it in the cities of America that occupy Washington, and then not only in New York City, but then it went around to the whole United States. You've seen it in different places, right? You've seen it in Washington, Seattle. You've seen it in L.A. You know, even Hilo has a little own protester in Hilo, right? So you have this, these things are going on in the cities of America. And you wonder, what do cities have to do with us in today? And especially being as Christians today, especially being um, in God's church, in God's remnant church in these last days, what does the cities have to do with us? And does it mean anything to us? Is, is what's happening out there actually leading out to prophecy and what, what's, go, what's going to happen in the last days? And my answer to that is yes. The Bible does speak about it. The Bible does speak about what's going to come upon us with an overwhelming surprise. And I believe that God has given us counsel ahead of time. You know, I'm so grateful for the Bible because the Bible has been so good to all of us. It's been good to me and my family because before things happened, I was able to make decisions to what's best for me and my family. Before things happen, in every aspect, the Bible talks about the economic collapse that's going to come. It talks about many other things in the future. And we are blessed to have the Bible and blessed with the spirit of prophecy. What do you say, church? Amen? Amen. And it's such a blessing. You know why? And God, you know, God gives these messages a warning. Why? Because he loves you this morning, church. Amen? You know, if you saw your daughter walking on a cliff and she's walking on a fence, you know, like I think of Jordan's testimony, you know, if you saw your daughter on the street and the cars are coming, would you be like, oh, hey, honey girl, um, when you come over here? I mean, was that how we would react? Wouldn't it be like, hey guys, come on. Wouldn't it be like, Anya, come, get off the street. Or you'd be screaming louder than that. Right? Anya, right? That's what I do to her. Stops. And that's what God wants to do to us. That's what he wants. He wants to call us by name and say, stop. Stop what you're doing. I want you to focus on what's, gonna, what's happening out there. You see the news. And I want you to make a change in course in your life if you need to make a change. And what I'm sharing today is, you know, in, me, in a practical sense, we're going to learn principles. But, you know, even though God gives a principle, this is what he teaches me. Even though God gives me a principle, you may not be able to do it tomorrow. You know, God may teach you patience, and it may take a year. It may take two years. It may take five years. But you know what? God wants you to step your foot into that water. So when it's time for you to move, at least you made that move that God can open the door. What do you say, church? Amen? Amen. And that's what he wants for you this morning. And that's why this message is called, Get Out of the Cities. God's message is sent from a loving heart of a God who loves his people so that they will not suffer unnecessarily in the last days. What a loving God we serve. And that's why I love him so much. Let us pray. Father, help us to see and to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. Now, let's look at the life of Abraham. The Bible says Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. In other words, by faith, he stepped out. He was unsure. He was scared to death, but he still went. But I want you to notice, besides Abraham, who else went out with Abraham? Notice the Bible says in verse 4, chapter 12 of Genesis. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And who is that? Lot went with him. Hmm. You see, it wasn't just Abraham that left Haran. It was also Lot. Lot had given up everything. Lot had given up his home. He had sold his home. Lot had sold all his belongings. He had his garage sale. 
He had said goodbye to his church family. He had said goodbye, goodbye to his co-workers. He had quit his job. He put in his two weeks notice. He had left his family and friends. He had left his neighborhood. He had left it all with Abraham. He threw his lot in. Lot in with Lot. Lot threw his lot in with Abraham, right? He did all these things all for the glory of God. He became a Christian, surrendered himself to God and faithful, and him and his family followed Abraham out and were faithful, not knowing where he was going either. But in the process of following the Lord, something had happened. Turn to Genesis 13. Look at the next chapter. Genesis 13, verse 11 to 13. Notice the Bible says, they had become too crowded. They had to make a decision, time for a decision and a choice to be made. And notice the Bible says, verse 11, the Bible says, Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves the one from the other. Lot left Abraham, Abraham left Lot. Verse 12, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the what? Cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward where? Sodom. What do you know about Sodom? Verse 13. But the men of Sodom were what? Wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. In other words, he had went into a city that was full of wickedness and evil and man-made things and this horrible, exceedingly sinful in the eyes of God. And he had left all that they had at that time where they were to move into the city, which was very sinful and wicked. Now, let's turn to Genesis chapter 19, verse 4. Genesis chapter 19, verse 4. The, the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah had become so evil and so wicked. See, life in the city became evil that God had sent two angels to warn Lot and his family that he's going to destroy the cities. Because the cities were becoming wicked and evil, and there's going to be riots and tumults and, and destruction and fire upon the city. And so he said, come out of the city. He sent his two angels to call the family of Lot to come out. And so these men went into the city. But when he went to the city, Lot saw these angels and said to these men, come to my house. Because he knew how wicked the city was. It's not safe to be in the inner city. So they came to his house and he, and he brought him in. And notice what happened in verse 4 or 5. What happened in verse 4 or 5 um, to the men of these two men who came from God, these angels, these messengers of God with a message for his people in the cities? The Bible says in verse 4 But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, surrounded the house of Lot, both old and young, all the people from every quarter. So the men came around surrounding Lot's house, and they called unto Lot, and they sent to, said to him, Where are the men which came in to you this night? Bring them out unto us. Bring these angels out to us, that we may what? Know them as like Adam and knew Eve and conceived a child. In other words, call these men out that we may have sex with these men. This homosexuality. That's how wicked the city had become. Come out and bring these angels. These were angels now, beloved. These men wanted to have sex with angels. And they said, bring them out, and we want to sleep with these men. You notice how wicked the city had become? 
Now, what did Lot say to the wicked men of the city? Look at verse 7 and 8. The Bible says, And said, I pray you, brethren, don't do so wickedly. Don't do this wicked thing. Notice what he says though, in verse 8. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them, my daughters, out unto you. And do you to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men don't do anything, for they came to my roof to stay with me. So here you have, you see the culture of those days was that your guests were more important than even your family. And the wickedness, I want you to notice this, the wickedness of the city. Here's the thing about sin. Sin is such that it's so evil that sooner or later you become so used to sin that sin does not seem sinful anymore. True? See, to us, we're looking at this, that is sinful. But to him at that time when he was saying it, it was coming out of his mouth, it didn't seem so sinful. You know, I see the difference. I sit on the conference committee on Oahu, and we all meet, and all the outer islands representatives come from each island, and they live in the country. And then you have the people from the Honolulu, the city, and they meet. And I can tell you this, that the thinking of people who live in a city is completely different than the representatives come from the, from the country, from the outer islands. It's completely different. Absolutely, completely different. It's like night and day different. And I believe that the more you get used to sin, the, the more you don't think sin is sinful anymore. If you're always surrounded by sin, you know, when, before God, many of you, God called you out of darkness, did he not? He called you out of sin. And when you were living in sin and you're doing wicked things before you became converted or even knew of the truth, it didn't really seem sinful, right? My family growing up, you know, this word God brought us out of from, it didn't seem sinful to us. That's just all we knew. And the more you live in that environment, you get used to it. And sin, you know, even though Lot was a Christian, he had become so used to the sins all around him, sin didn't look so sinful anymore. And that's what happened to Lot. So anyway, they came into the house and they're around the city and then fire was going to come down. And notice what happens in verse 15 and 16. When the angels of God told Lot to leave the city, what did Lot do? Notice the Bible says in verse 15 and 16. The Bible says, And when the morning rose, then the angels, they hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters, which are here, lest you be consumed in the sin of the city. And while, note the Bible says, while he what? Lingered. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. You see, the Bible says that when the call first came to Lot and his family, get out of the cities, Lot did not want to go. He enjoyed the city. But in other words, he loved the city. Why not? It had all the modern conveniences, did it not? It was so comfortable. In other words, there was a 24-hour Walmart and there was a 24-hour Safeway. Any time of the day I could go to the city, I can get whatever I want. Is that true? Actually, you know, the, the city is, 
way more convenient than it is in the country, is it not? So true. You have everything at your fingertips. Whatever you want, 24 hours a day, it is there. You have all the best books in the library. You have the best zoos for your children. Probably the better education. You have everything you ever want or need out there. It's there for you, right? Why would you ever want to leave? Why would Juan ever, Lot ever want to leave? He did not want to leave the city. The city was the perfect place for him and his family as a Christian there. I want you to notice that the angels of God, out of pure mercy, took Lot, his wife, and his two daughters, and he put them out of the city, God, city of Sodom. And beloved, isn't that the love of a merciful God? Even though we have times these delayed our decisions that we need to make, God still saved us, amen? In spite of your decision, in spite of my decision, God still saved me and you. And that's why we're here this morning. That's a merciful God. Merciful God. I want you to notice that this quotation here inside your handout, the first quotation I have here, it's called Get Out of the Cities. Notice what it says here from Adventist home, page 139. It says here, take your families away from the what? Cities is my message. The time is come when, as God opens the way, that's the key thing, as God needs to open the way, families should move out of the cities. The children should be taken into the country. The parents should get a suitable place as the means will allow. Though the dwelling may be small, yet there should be land in connection with it that may be cultivated. In other words, there's a calling to us. We need to get out of the cities. God wants us to move out of the cities. I'm thinking of the movements that's going on in our cities. You know, this is minor. This is really small. I mean, Occupy Wall Street and these other movements, they're really small movements. There's nothing really big. It's starting. But you know, the economy is not really that bad right now. You know, unemployment, 9%. But you know, when if, if the economy ever was to go bad, we're going to see some pretty bad situations in the United States of the cities in America. And we know from Revelation that there's going to come a time when Babylon and Babylon's daughters, right, apostate Protestantism of America, you're going to see an economic collapse. And we know that in the future that is going to happen. And I believe that the time is coming soon for that. We're told inspiration also that there's going to come a time where you will want to leave the cities, but you will not be able to. And that's a pretty serious time when you want to leave, but you cannot leave because of what's going on all around you. Martial law, whatever it may be. Now, I want you to notice here that the Bible says, Lot believed that he could leave, right here in verse 16. He believed that he could leave soon, right? But not immediately. He lingered. But, beloved, soon never comes. Soon waits for eternity, does it not? In the same way, when God speaks to you to be obedient to some aspect of his word, we should seek to be obedient to his word immediately as far as it's within our power to do so. Now, what was the message of the angels to Lot after they took him out of the big city? Notice the Bible says here in verse 17. It came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad, and he said, Escape for your life. Look not behind you. Neither stay you, you in all the plain. Escape to the mountain lest you be consumed. In other words, the message was to get out of the city and move to the mountains in the country. 
They were not to even stay in the suburbs. They were actually to move out into the country. I want you to know there's a quotation here. See, moving out to big cities is not enough in the last days. And that timing is not here yet. But there's a come a time when God wants us to move in the last days out of the, even the suburbs into the country. How do you know that? Look at the next quotation here from Adventist Home, page 141. Notice the Bible's inspiration says. It says, again and again, the Lord is instructed that our people are to take their families away from the cities and into the country. Why? I always ask why. This is where they can raise their own provisions. We know that in the last days. Why? For in the future, the problem of buying and selling will be a very serious one. Now, there's a little time of trouble. Not only buying and selling because we're obeying the Sabbath, but there's going to be economic collapse where there's not going to be enough places where we can buy food. In other words, we're constantly, we need to grow our own food. It's very important. Then it goes on. We should now begin to heed the instruction given us over and over again. Get out of the cities into rural districts. Why? Second why. Where the houses are not crowded closely together and where you will be free from the interference of what? Enemies. You think that people may not like you in the future? I mean, they may not like us now, right? But you think that they may, in the future they may not, not like us? You think they may, not, they may sabotage your little garden you have there in your plot if the, the, their house is only 10 feet away from you or 20 feet away? Of course they will. They'll sabotage this, they'll steal your food. Maybe, they're not even, maybe they like you, but they're so hungry they'll steal your food, right? So isn't it better to be, it says, where your houses are not crowded, crowded together. In other words, you don't want to be a home where your neighbor can hear your neighbors and they're fighting right next door. You don't want to be in a home like that for whatever reason. But 20 feet away, 50 feet, you want to be in a home where you're in a country where you're not hearing the neighbors, where they can't bother you, where they can't steal stuff from you and food and you can live freely out there. Free from the interference of enemies. No, we were blessed to have a house and we're able to remodel it. And I had a, we had a burden that we, you know, we live in, it was in Honokaha here. You think this is the country, right? But I was, I, this quotation really bothered me. And I mean, the first quotation, you know, this is the country. You know, Honokaha, big island, pretty country. But then the second, the second quotation really bothered us. And what bothered us that how, you know, we're not away from people who are close by us who could interfere us. So, you know, the housing boom, we were blessed enough, we were able to remodel, and then we are able to sell just at the height of the market. And I praise God for that. And that burden was there for a while, and I knew about this for a while, but we finally, you know, we sold. And then we decided we want to move more into the country. So there we were. We um, decided to buy five acres on Hamakua Coast, Old Kalamaka, where we now live, and we've owned for the last seven years. But um, five acres, and it's in the country, and we're actually, we're living off the grid. You know, we actually have solar voltaic, which is electricity from the sun. And we have our, you know, we have a little garden and a lot of fruit trees. And our goal is that not only was it, actually the primary reason why I went, um, this was secondary really, was actually to rediscover my relationship with God. That was primary. I wanted to have a walk with God and hear his voice in nature and not hear all the noise of the town and the city. And that has, been the, that has rekindled my love for God, being in the country. Second thing why we moved to the country was I wanted what was best for my daughter. I wanted my daughter to live in an environment that was pure, wholesome, and for her to be strong, physically, mentally, and spiritually. 
That's why we moved out into the country out there, to get away from the town here in Honoka'a. And you know, that has been the, the best decision I've ever made in my life has actually been moving to those five acres in Hamakua. You know, many people actually were actually wondering, they said, you, they said we were crazy. You know, not only did my, our family say we we're crazy and our uh, friends say we we're crazy, but uh, even some church members said we were crazy, huh? <laughs> but you know, now everyone, when I mention that we want to sell, all my family, my friends, and even church members say, why do you want to sell? It's so beautiful up there. You know, I think, I think I learned this lesson. You know, whenever you just trailblazers who lead the way and they do something different, everyone always likes to, you know, like throw negative things at them or criticize you, right, if you want to do something different. But after you make the trail and people follow that trail that you made, it's like it becomes so normal that they think, well, it's always been there, right? That's how it always works. So whenever you do something new for God, it's always considered to be different and weird until after a while it's so used to it, everyone starts following what you're doing, and everyone else thinks that it's always been done that way. And that's what God needs trailblazers today, and God needs you to, today to do that. What do you say, church? Amen? Now, what did Lot say when God asked him to move from the suburbs to the country? Look at Genesis 19, verse 18 and 20. Notice what the Bible says here. And Lot said unto, my, unto them, to the angels, Oh, not so, my Lord. He said, Go out into the country from the, from the town, from the suburb. He said, Oh, not so, my Lord. Behold, now your servant has found grace in your sight. In other words, you always bless me, God. I don't have to leave this, the suburbs. And you have magnified your mercy, which you have showed unto me in saving my life. And I cannot escape to the mountain, lest some evil overtakes me and I die. Behold, now the city is near to flee unto, and is a little one. Oh, let me escape to it. Is it not just a little one? And my soul shall live. In other words, Lot said, I know, I, you already took me out of the city. I'm in the suburbs. Now you want me to go even more to the mountain? In other words, I don't want to go to the mountain. In other words, something's going to overtake us. It's going to be hard, and it's going to be hard work, and you know, in fact, we're going to die. It's so hard. Do not people think that way also? There's no way we could sell our place here. The economy is down, and we're going to lose money. Everything is bad, and there's no way we can make it out there. And how can you, you can live off the grid, but there's no way I could do it. Or you could live in a country, but there's no way I could. You know, to tell you the truth, when we went off to live off the grid, and by the way, we live in a travel trailer. And you know the kind you hitch to the back of your truck? Not like a travel trailer home, a travel trailer. 176 square feet. How are you like that, huh? It bonds our family very close, huh? <laughs> so here we are in our family. We're, we're in this travel trailer. We didn't, you know, when I first got there, and I didn't tell my wife this, but I was scared to death. Because I don't know about you, but I was raised with electricity running through our walls 24 hours a day, right? I was raised to just plug it in and turn it on. I was raised with water, county water, I was raised with everything. That, that was the life. That's, I was spoiled. I was a, there's eight children. You know, I was the youngest boy. I mean, I had everything. And my parents, you know, you know how they strict the oldest ones, and the, by the time you come to the younger kids, they spoil you to death. I mean, that's what happened. They feel that they were too mean when they're older, and then they get so they swing right. The pendulum swings. That's me. That's how I was raised. I had every convenience. I loved. Uh, my brothers and sisters had to work hard. I had, had it easy. I had a cruise. Of all my children, I was probably the, the most into modern conveniences. 
latest technology. That is me. And so for me to move from the town to the country, not just the country, off the grid, I mean, I was scared to death. I had no idea about battery banks and solar electricity and water system, how it works. Praise God, I didn't tell my wife I was scared. <laughs> but you know, God, he saw us through it all. And you know, it was very hard. Very hard. And you know, it's one thing to be forced to live in a situation, but it's a whole different, another thing to actually have it, all the modern conveniences, and then to choose to give it up for something less. That's totally different, is it not? It's one thing to be born poor and you live in that situation in a shack, whatever, but it's another thing to have it and then to give it up and then to lose it by choice and to choose that. That is totally different. It was not by force. It was by choice. But you know, that choice was one of the greatest blessings of my family. It revived my spirituality, my walk with God. I had lost my conversion experience as a pastor, being so busy doing pastoral work that I needed time out and time out with God. And that was my revival experience with God, spending time in nature and peace and hearing God's voice. And then I was able to serve the Lord with all of my heart. And then I was able to work, actually be used by God's Spirit rather than me running my own Christian walk. And then my family has been a blessing. I've seen my daughter grow, not only physically strong, working hard outside, mentally vigorous, but also spiritually strong because of it. It's a big difference. Big difference. And so I can tell you from, this is not just a sermon sharing with the Bible and the Spirit of Prophecy saying, I'm showing you from my heart what I experienced as a family. And I believe that's, that's more powerful than even what the Word can say because um, you can argue with the Word, but what can you say about my testimony? You know, it's not true, but we cannot. And that's one thing about God can say about you too. You can have all the words you say to convince your family and friends, but it's one thing they cannot take away from you. And that is your testimony. If you have something in your heart and you can share, it doesn't matter how not, you're not ineloquent you are or whatever. If you're not good in speaking, it doesn't matter. You can share from your heart. It's going to move more greater than the best speaking presentation there ever was because it comes from your heart. And they can't call you a liar. They can't say, well, I disagree with you because that's what you experience. And there's a power in your experience. Now I want you to notice what happened next. Genesis chapter 19, verse 30. You know what the Bible says here. What did Lot eventually do? The Bible says here in verse 30, Lot went up out of Zor. So he left that little city and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zor and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. So he left that city. Remember he said before, Lord, can I go to a little city here out of this big city? It's just a little one. And do we not do that also? Lord, I gave up all the big sins, but can I just do this little bit, this little sin? It's not that big. It's just a small sin. It doesn't matter. It's not that big. I'm look, in fact, I'm not as bad as those other church members. Look at it. They, they had the big sins, but it's just a little sin. Let me tell you, beloved, God wants to take all sin up out, of, out of our lives. What do you say? Amen? It doesn't matter if it's big or small, and that small sin could actually be more worse for you than another member who has a bigger sin in your own eyes because they may be in a different walk and a different journey and a different place in the journey than where you're at at that time. Even though Lot left the city, how did it affect his family? Look at verse 32 and verse, 
and um, 36. Notice the Bible says in chapter 19. The Bible says, the daughters said, they went to the mountain. They're in the con- now they're in the country. They move out into the country off the grid and they're making, you know, or in the country, just away from everything. And notice the Bible says, the daughters said to each other, come, let us make our father drink wine. Let us get him drunk. And we will sleep with him. Let's have sex with our dad. That we may preserve seed of our father. In other words, let's have sex with our dad. My da- our dad. That's what he said. You know, this says in verse 36. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. In other words, they had sex with their dad and they had children from their own father. And these were the Moabites. The first verse was Moab, the Moabites. And the, and the next child was Ammon of the Ammonites. And these two people plagued the Israelites for the, for the whole time that they existed. And don't miss the point, beloved. You see, even though Lot and his two daughters had left the city, the city still didn't leave them. See, you can move out all you want out there. It doesn't make a difference. But if your heart is not changed, you're still going to bring the city out with you. You know, I think of a story of uh, when I was in L.A., and I asked my friends, I said, hey, how come all the gangs are out here in Riverside and, you know, on this side of East, I mean, East L.A., I know about the gangs in East L.A. and everything, but why is there gangs all the way out here in Riverside and heading out in San Bernardino, you know, where La Salle University is and, you know, headed to Loma Linda, and then, you know what he said to me? He said, you know what happened? See, all the parents inside East LA, they grabbed their kids and they said, you know, this is a horrible place for my child to live. I need to get out of the city. These are not Adventists, by the way. These are just worldly people. I need to get out of the city. So what they do, they, they grab the kids, they move into the suburbs, saving the children from the city, right? And they move into the suburbs. Guess what the, their children are doing now? Their children who were nobodies in East LA, all of a sudden, and they were in a gang, and now all of a sudden, there's somebody and looked up by all the other youth who have messed up homes as their new leader in the sub- suburbs of L.A. So now their children who they put out of the city are now the new gang leaders in the suburbs. And that's how it was spreading, he was telling me. In other words, the parents were pulling their children out of the city. They're getting out of the city. They're not even Christians. They're just getting out of the city. But they were bringing the city with them. And beloved, the same principle is true with us whether we're in the church or out of the church. And the principle is this, that when God calls us out of the city, He does not call us only out of the physical presence of the city, but God calls us out of the spiritual presence of the city and the spiritual wickedness that's found in the city. And God wants to take that wickedness out of your heart and my heart this morning. What do you say, church? Amen? He wants you to be born again. He wants you to have a new experience in Christ. He wants you to be a new creature, a new creation in Christ. Beloved, some of us are here today because like Lot, we didn't have any sense, so God had to grab us by the scruff of our neck, and he had to drag us out of the sins, six cities of the world or, this, or the sinful ways of the world. And that's why we're sitting here this morning, because we didn't have the guts to walk away from that sin. What a wonderful God we have. Amen? God of his mercy, he pulled us out of the hardships and whatever it may have been, maybe you hit the, the, the dumps on the ground, you hit the worst part of your life. Maybe he, he bankrupt your, your account 
Maybe you lost your job, whatever it may be. God had to allow all the things. Why? So that you would be here this morning praising a wonderful Savior. Amen? And God is here and He called you. And you're here because He wants you to be faithful for what He's called you to do. And not only does God is calling us to get out of cities, God is calling us to get out the worldliness and the sinful ways of this world so that we can serve a loving God. I want to serve Him. How about you? We serve a wonderful God. What a merciful God. I look at my life and how many times I failed God. And you know, in spite of all the mistakes I made in my life, and I made a lot of mistakes, God still blessed me. And I understand those blessings. Even as a minister, I make mistakes, and I see God's blessings in spite of my mistakes. I, I think about what a wonderful God we serve, don't, do we not? Beloved, how long will you halt between two decisions? If Baal be God, then worship him. If, but if God be God, then worship him. So cho- choose you this day whom you will serve, God or Baal, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, God can guide you out of the city and suburbs of you, but let him. Whom will you decide to serve this morning? Before we come out of the city with our physical presence, we must come out of the city of sin in our spiritual hearts. I want a new heart this morning. How about you? Amen? That's your desire. Would you raise your hand on me this morning? Amen. Our closing song this morning is Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Five.